Arizona's Desert Diaries. Hello. Arizona calling. And honestly, this week, I've been experiencing just a little bit of cabin fever. I mean, still no news on the borders opening, still no news of seeing friends and family outside the US. The day's still a bit too hot to go off exploring with the dogs in the daytime, and we're well back into the swing of the school run, so bleh. But I have been very busy, busying myself with work and also DIY. (laughs) I've never really been one for needlepoint or collecting things or any other regular type of hobby. But give me a wall to tile and an angle grinder and I am in my happy space. Or I usually am as I currently have turquoise hands where I managed to spill an entire pot of paint over a carpet in my daughter's bedroom this morning. So hooray for that. Good times. (laughs) We did manage a mini getaway this weekend to the nearby town of Camp Verde, about an hour or so north of Phoenix. Now, there are only a handful of major roads that lead out of the city. So I was back on the I-17, the Interstate 17, which leads up to Flagstaff and Prescott and Sedona and Jerome and all those places I've mentioned before. But I never stopped off at Camp Verde before. It's a really small town with a thriving farming community. (laughs) Every year, they actually host an annual corn festival. The Corn Fest Corn Festival, which celebrates corn. (laughs) An old flyer in the town because Darn it, we've missed this year's Cornfest. Told me that, first celebrated over 25 years ago, Cornfest plays homage to the Verde Valley's famous sweet corn. This is a corny old-fashioned family event with plenty of food, fun, games, music and, of course, sweet corn. (laughs) I visited the website when I got home and, spoiler alert, there are a lot of pictures of people eating sweet corn. (laughs) So now you know. I was amazed how much cooler and greener Camp Verde was than Phoenix. I mean, people had actual lawns outside the front of their houses up there as opposed to rocks and cacti. And you know, that's for a couple of reasons. Firstly, Camp Verde's high up, over 3,000 feet above sea level. That's more than 2,000 feet higher than Phoenix is. And secondly, it lies in what is known as a high desert transition zone, nestling between the Sonoran Desert to the south and the Colorado Plateau to the north. It's a perfect location for growing, you guessed it, (laughs) sweet corn. We did actually see fields and fields of the stuff while we were there. So this is, you know, it's real. Camp Verde is also known as a place that has had its fair share of unusual happenings, UFO sightings, the mystery of the strange iron meteorite weighing more than 100 pounds that was found, get this, wrapped in a feather blanket in a burial chamber in a deserted part of the town in the 1920s. It's also a load of unusual rock formations and it was the location for the 1972 William Shatner movie called Kingdom of the Spiders, which tragically I haven't seen. Oh, it's also officially the very centre of the state of Arizona. We visited for a couple of other reasons other than just getting out and about for the day. And that was to go and see if there were any unusual rocks or minerals at a quirky little concession store that we'd seen online. The small one is very into her rocks and minerals and crystals and things. And the second was to visit the Montezuma Castle. 
So let's talk about the store first. Now, I've been to a few places like this in the States. Big old retail spaces divided up into many teeny tiny inner stores, each carrying their own unique brand of secondhand curiosities slash junk, depending on your viewpoint. Now, some of these smaller stores have themes. One sold old copies of local magazines like Farm and Ranch Living magazine. Another sold loads of pairs of old battered secondhand jeans. Another vintage Tupperware. Rocks and Crystals, of course, was another one. We visited that. And, of course, Western wear, things like boots and chaps and hats and various accoutrements for horses, bridles and the like. But then, in amongst all of this, this massive pile of stuff, we found something quite mind-blowing. A huge framed poster encouraging tourists to visit New Brighton. (laughs) Really? Now, in case you're not familiar, New Brighton is a fairly small seaside town forming part of the town of Wallasey in the Wirral on Merseyside. And to simplify that explanation, if you don't know your geography of the UK, it's a place by the sea really close to Liverpool in the northwest of England, about 45 minutes from where I used to live. Why on earth there was a poster saying have fun in sunny Cheshire next to cowboy hats and ranch life magazines in a tiny town in the very middle of Arizona. Forget that meteorite being found wrapped in a blanket. This is the mystery I want solving. How on earth did that get there? I put some pictures of the poster and the rest of the Camp Verde day out on my stories on Instagram. So do follow me at Sam Walker Radio. That's my handle on Instagram. So the second part of the trip, as I said, was a visit to the Montezuma Castle, which is amazing. Essentially, the Montezuma Castle is a large dwelling that was kind of built into and onto a limestone cliff overlooking Beaver Creek, which runs just north of Camp Verde. It's just extraordinary to see it. And it was built and occupied between 1100 and 1425 A.D., by the Sinagua people, whose descendants include people from the Native American Yavapai and Hopi tribes. Now, the main structure was built over five floors. It had 20 rooms and, as I said, was used for more than 300 years. Until the 1950s, they actually allowed people to climb up into the castle itself, standing where its inhabitants had stood nearly a thousand years before. Now, of course, it's fenced off, but you can still get up really close to it. And there's a great scale model of the foot of the structure. It's just well worth a visit to take this glimpse back into history. As soon as the weather's a bit cooler, I'm going to head back up and hike around the river up there in this neck of the woods. I might even try some of that local sweet corn. (laughs) So look, I've got a bit more news for you. So do hang on if you want to hear that. But make sure the children aren't around, okay? But until next time. I'll see you in the desert. Now, before I head off, I promised you last week to tell you a bit more about a project that I've been working on for the last few months. Now, I cannot emphasise this enough. This is not something that's suitable for children to hear. If you do listen with your families, I know many of you do, please do make sure you press pause right now Get to a place where it's just people who are over 18 and then listen, if you want to. Because another warning, this is not an easy listen. So as a bit of background, 
In May this year, I was introduced to a man that I've come to know as KC. Now, it's not his real name. I don't even know where he lives. For a while, I didn't even know what he looked like. For the last couple of decades, KC has been making an extraordinary living. He finds and returns kidnapped children. He hunts down paedophiles and murderers. He cleans towns of drug houses and so many more completely unbelievable things. And he does it all outside the law. He's his own man. No police, no FBI, no warrants, no questions asked about his methods until now. Because I've asked him those questions. And he's told me stories that, you know, sometimes I wish I hadn't heard them. About things he's witnessed. About situations that he's saved children from. About bad guys that he's hunted down. And he has lifted a lid on a world most of us know nothing about. But it's out there. Or has he? Because... With someone who has completely covered his tracks for the last 20 years, how do you find any evidence that he's telling the truth? Well, that's for you to decide. I think I know what I believe now, but I do want you to make your own mind up. The show is called American Vigilante, and you can find it on your podcast app now with another bit of teaser audio on there. So please, please do follow so you don't miss any forthcoming teasers or that first episode. It's launching on September the 13th. And so you are the very, very first ears to hear this. I'd really love to know what you think. Do reach out to me on Twitter at Walker Sam or on Facebook, facebook.com slash see you in the desert. Again, please, this is not for the ears of children. It contains descriptions of violence and very, very strong language. Here is American Vigilante. I'm a hunter. That's what I do. When you are hunting somebody who by all intents and purposes is a monster, do you have to become a monster? No, I just have to be able to think like a monster. I'm a monster hunter. Well, this is going to piss a lot of people off, you know, it really is. But, you know, I've never been a liar and I ain't going to start now. Now, I don't give two fucking shits if you're a cop or a guy like me or anything. That kid now has no dad. That woman has no husband. That man was a United States Marine and a good fucking man. That's bullshit, Sam. Our rules of engagement are pretty simple. If we have to pull a trigger on one person, they're all going to go. It's that simple. We couldn't have any slip-ups. We didn't have time to sit there and zip-tie him and gift-wrap him. He had to make sure that that guard was never going to be a problem again. So we get to the first room, and the woman was in there, and uh, she'd been hurt. And it was obvious that I had a gun in my hands. I said, follow me. Keep your mouth shut and do what I say. And all of a sudden, the door at the other end of the hallway flies open. And there is one of the biggest men I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> and he's got a knife in his hand. 
and I'm looking at him and I'm like, I mean, I'm peeking around the door and I'm like, holy God, jeez, I don't want to be in the hallway with this guy. He's a freaking monster. He was a freaking moose. So I stepped around, I had my gun out and he kind of looked at me and I said, I swear to God, I said, if you do anything other than what I told you to do, I said, I'm going to kill you right here. Do you ever know what happened to him? <laughs> no, ma'am. Has that ever crossed your mind since? I think more about the turd I flushed down the toilet this morning. You got kids? You got kids, right? Yeah. A couple girls? So, one of your girls is taken, Sam. God forbid that ever happens. And you just happen to know me, or know how to get hold of me now. What are you going to tell me, Sam? What are you going to tell me when I show up to tell you I can get your daughter back? You want me to make sure I don't hurt anybody? What are you going to tell me, Sam? about got tears in your eyes right now just thinking about that shit, don't you? Well, it's ugly. I can tell you this. There's no feeling in the world like putting a child back in the arms of its parents. What on earth goes through your head when the gun is being pointed at you? You want the truth? Of course. I'm going to kill you and eat your fucking heart. That's exactly what I think every time. No matter what happens to me in the next second, I'm going to kill you. So if I'm going to die, that son of a bitch is going to die too. 